Hello everybody, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. So today we're starting something a little interesting. See, I recently acquired the Irish Trilogy Collection from Cartoon Saloon. Um, it's a trio of very interesting movies based on Celtic mythology, uh, all animated. Three of them, The Book of Kells, Song in the Sea, and um, Wolfwalkers. And I really, really wanted to review Wolfwalkers. Today, I thought I was going to be reviewing that, but right was going to put the disc, and I was like, wait a minute, why don't I review all three of these over the course of, like, a few weeks and get to enjoy all of them? So, I decided to put in the earliest one, Secret of Kells, and that's what we're reviewing today. So, for those of you who don't know, Cartoon Saloon is this animation studio who does just amazing work, like, really, really good work. If you haven't heard of them, go look them up, watch all their stuff. I still need to watch Breadwinners and Song of the Sea, uh, Song of the Sea, but I got introduced to them with their film Wolfwalkers in 2020. I saw an ad for it on YouTube and I was like, oh my gosh, this looks really good. I've never even heard of them before. Uh, I had heard of the Song of the Sea. I didn't know it was by them. And I also heard of Breadwinners. I hadn't seen Breadwinners yet. I still haven't. I really need to watch that, but you know, um, so I went and saw that on Apple TV. It's the only reason I even bother with a free trial for that service. And I was just blown away. Wolfwalkers is amazing. We'll get to that one eventually. I will be reviewing it because I wasn't around in, I wasn't doing this in 2020. So, uh, <laughs> I didn't really get to review it. It got nominated for an Oscar though. Uh, lost to Soul, which is one of the Pixar movies I just wasn't as into as some of the other ones. But, you know, that's just me. Uh, I think Wolfwalker should have won. I think the Pixar bias is strong with Hollywood. I mean, it's less the bias and more the Oscars can't be bothered to care about any movie that's not a Pixar movie because they barely care on animation to begin with. But anyway, me and my uh, salt aside, <laughs> let's talk about The Secret of Kells. So this is actually Cartoon Saloon's first film, and you can actually really tell that. Um, not an insult or anything, this is just one of those developing style kind of films. Like, so the way Cartoon Saloon does it is they have this very uh, distinctive 2D animation style that makes the whole thing look like it's a drawn story, hand-drawn storybook. Uh, it's a really pretty style, but this in this movie, I can really tell, yeah, it's a little rougher on the edges. They hadn't completely uh, learned how to mesh their moving character models with, like, the painted backdrops. It looks gorgeous, don't get me wrong. Uh, let, me, let me just, like, give this preface. Uh, let me just preface everything up front. Everything Cartoon Saloon does is gorgeous. These are, all of their movies are some of the most amazingly beautiful pieces of animation you will ever see. The Secret of Kells is just the one I probably, based on everything I've seen, the trailers for Breadwinner and Song of the Sea, what I've seen of all, the like four times I rewatched Wolfwalkers, and this time, yes, it's probably their, their worst movie animation speed. But their worst is still like, Pixar and Disney levels, so you know, uh, when your worst is like an A, when your worst is an A, can you really complain you didn't get that A plus? It's a really pretty style. It's just like having watched Wolfwalkers, I can see the points where they uh, have really grown into it over the years. Actually, it's gonna be really interesting is seeing how uh, watching Song of the Sea and then Wolfwalkers after this, and seeing how they grow into their style. Um, it's just minor things like shading, the characters feeling like they're kind of floating on the backdrops a little bit, 
Whereas in later films, they get a lot more solid with the style. It all looks gorgeous, though. The um, Celtic influence is very much there. So this movie is set in the 9th century in Ireland. And um, the main character, Brendan, is the youngest of a group of monks at the Abbey of Kells. Uh, and his uncle is terrified of the growing Viking raids that have been plaguing their fellow monasteries. So he has been ordering everyone to build a massive wall to help keep them out. He, Brendan's basically been there since he was young, um, and he's never been outside the walls. Basically been helping build them ever since he was a child. His uncle is very much of the don't go outside, it's dangerous. Um, and this is, you know, cartoon saloons, as you will come to see, very uh, signature style of embrace what makes life good for you. Uh, he meets a uh, shape-shifting young girl out in the... So Brendan... So a new monk comes to ta- town. He's this famous monk who's writing this uh, bit, beautiful book called The Book of Iona, which is later The Book of Kells, an actual historical book, uh, apparently a uh, beautiful illustrated uh, gospel and created by a group of monks in the you know, monastery of Kells. And they basically do, this is basically a fictionalized retelling of the book's origin, uh, mythologized, almost. Very interesting, very beautiful. I'm not sure, because I, again, I haven't gone over, like, just how much of this is based in actual myth. I know that the demon they mention is part of it, uh, Krom Kruak. But they take a lot of liberal interpretation with the myths themselves and the Greek people in them. But I really just, I love this. This is mm, gorgeous. So it starts out, you know, they're living a life and the uh, father wants him to stay away from the new monk uh, because he had to flee there after the other uh, abbey, you know, the monastery was destroyed because it was on an island. And they even often to mention, like, uncle says that islands are very, uh, you know, hard to defend. And because it's this, you know, very isolationist, we need to keep inside our walls and stay safe and protect ourselves versus the mystery and wonder of the forest and the world. Uh, the book representing basically a chance to take risks and preserve the world, to write down things for future knowledge, for future generations, to give them an inspiration, a beacon of light, uh, to help guide and inspire future creative works. That's how the old bookkeeper sees the book. Um, you know, obviously he goes off in the forest, he meets this young, um, what was it, fairy? Aisling, Aisling, and, uh, you know, she helps him find some berries, and the two start going on adventures. Eventually, he has to complete this task in order to help complete the book, and then there's other stuff that goes on after that. It's a very interesting piece. Like, I won't say it's their best work, but again, their be- their even their worst work is still leagues above everyone else. And I really just like it almost like a mood piece. Like, it's a very short movie. The film is only 75 minutes long. But it just captivates you the whole way through with the beautiful forest backdrops. And there's this one scene in particular with the demon. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it but until I get to the spoiler section. But it's really cool and inventive the way he fights this mi- massive demon. And the final shot with it is very beautiful. I really liked the ending, actually. Uh, a lot more than I thought I was going to while watching it, believe it or not. But... Yeah, all in all, this is a really solid piece. Um, 
it combines breathtaking animation with great voice acting and effects to, uh, you know, a very moving and almost somber kind of story. Like, it has a hopeful ending, but it is gets pretty dark by animation standards. Very nice. Love it all. Cartoon Saloon is great. What else can I say? So, we're moving into spoiler territories. Uh, if you don't want any spoilers, I mean... It's alright, it's not really like, there aren't like a huge, a lot, big spoilers. I will say, I will be describing some of the cooler sequences. Uh, so if you're, you know, interested in that, uh, go ahead and check it out. So, yeah. Alright, on to spoiler section. So, this is interesting. This is, let's start with the, uh, demon. So there, so, oh, let's start with the fairy Ainsley. So, Aisling, um, is the last of her kind, a fairy, who saves Brendan from a pack of wolves in the forest and helps him get the berries they need to make the ink so he can help the old man work on the book. And it's all very, you know, wolfwalker-ish, cute, you know, adorable two kids playing around the woods, one of them having been confined in walls their, their whole life and the other a bit more wild, showing him how to live a bit. And after their first meetup, they meet up more regularly. He sneaks out occasionally and even shows her uh, what he was using the ink for. Because she didn't really understand why he'd want these be- berries because he can't eat them. Whereas he shows them that she's they're using them to make ink and even shows her how he can draw, how he's being taught how to draw all these intricate uh, designs. Even drawing her like these, this sheet of vines that she can ha- have. And she's like, you know, amazed. Like, oh, wow. So that's what you're using these for. And the two of them become friends. However, they have a close encounter with the uh, sealed shrine where Krom Kruak, a, de- a god of death and destruction, uh, who destroyed Ainsley's entire family, uh, lives. It's basically sleeping right now, but it's later revealed that the book was created uh, using the one of the eyes of this creature, uh, a saint many years ago. Like 500 years before the book, for now, when the book was first started being, being created, because this is back in time we had to hand draw everything, and the book is a very intricate piece of work, so it was created over centuries. Um, and so they used a, gl- a kind of glass eye that basically acts as a sort of magic magnifying glass, helping you see the tiniest details in everything you're doing, which is really valuable. However, the eye that they had, the, the monks had, got destroyed when the older monk fled from the destroyed monastery uh, with, when the Vikings attacked. So when he realizes it's not amongst his possessions and it must have been destroyed in the attack, he, well, basically gives into despair. But Brendan, having run into Krom Kruak's shrine, remembers the symbol and remember, and having heard the demon's name, also remember, realizes that this uh, that glass eye he saw in the forest is the same is the other eye that he needs to complete the book. So he resolves to get the eye. Uh, he sneaks out. Ainsley tries to warn him not to, but in the end she helps him uh, get in, and he falls into the demon's lair. And this sequence is so beautiful. Like he's falling into this dark void of strange runic symbols, and it's just this deep dark sea where a giant leviathan glowing like beautiful designed leviathan is deep down there a single eye gazing up at him it's this race through the water as he dodges his attacks and bumps into it um and finally he uses his own ability to draw in the inky blackness with a piece of chalk in order to literally imprison it in a drawing 
Uh, ripping off the eye, the thing madly thrashes around his traps, biting at its own uh, body, eventually starting to consume its own tail until, as Brendan floats back to the surface, he sees through the eye that it turns into an Ouroboros, the serpent and or dragon that devours its own tail. And it's just beautiful. Like, that whole sequence just made me go, oh, gods, I gotta watch that again. So I immediately rewound that whole thing and rewatched it because it was just so gorgeous. Cartoon Salute, even in this early stage, was showing how they could just take their style and show you things you couldn't even imagine. Oh, I love it. I just love it. Of course, you know, Brendan returns to the Abbey, and at this point, his uh, uncle has, like, walked him away, but he, thanks to, um, thanks to Ainsley, he was constantly escaping his, uh, to, you know, his room, so he, and there was also a beautiful sequence where she sings and the cat turns into, like, an ethereal form. Uh, the cat is, like, a sidekick to the old man who attaches itself to, uh, Brendan, and she, like, sings it through the door to get him out. This was before they went to go fight the demon, of course. That's also a very beautiful, very pretty scene. Uh, great music on top of it. And the, th- and the, then they, uh, him and the old, Brendan and the old man start working on the book. And as they do it, the other, uh, <laughs> the other monks that, like, the kind of core group that he meets early on, you meet early on in the film, start, like, whispering to each other, like, first one of them was supposed to bring the food, realizes he's gone, then realizes where he went, uh, and sees them working, and he's just amazed at all the beautiful things they're drawing. So he tells one person, and then that person decides to go with them. And before you know it, all, like, all the major monks are huddled outside the room watching. Um, of course, as the book, you know, as the but- book, uh, the- Brendan works on this intricate drawing to be the centerpiece of the final page, uh, you know, obviously, things have to go sideways. A wounded villager from a nearby town tell rise the Abbey Tang the Vikings are coming. Um, Brent, Brendan's uncle tells him and the old man to stay locked up in this home, hoping to keep them safe, and a bit angry at them for defying him. And a bit scared for his nephew, his only connection in the world. He tells them to fortify the walls and to get... And to stay inside, but the Vikings break through the outer walls. Their, you know, literal shield against the outside world falling apart, burning, blasted open to form a giant, you know, like, beautiful animation all the way through. I I know I keep saying that, but you really just have to see this movie to see it. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, actually, you will see a trailer for this uh, playing on loop. Because I'm going to add some video content. So, you'll actually know what I'm talking about here. (laughs) But, um... Oh, that, that very stylized. I love the scene where the Vikings break through the door and it turns into like shards that frame their entryway. It's really cool. And of course, their preparations are all underdeveloped because no wall was ever going to be finished enough for them to be safe. Uh, the Abbot tries to stay behind and get as many people to safety as possible in the tower, which is the major fortification. Uh, unfortunately, they can't get everyone inside in time, and the stairs leading there are burned away and break. A lot of people die in that. He tries to direct the rest to hole up in the church, the chapel, but gets wounded and stabbed in the side. He watches as they break into the workshop where he hid, uh, Brother Aiden. That was the old guy's name, Brother Aiden. And, uh, Brendan. The two of them manage to escape by 
basically exploding a little bit of ink. There was this thing wherever they create the green ink, there's this like this smoke cloud. So they use that to escape. Of course, some of the Vikings, uh, and of course, having seen the Vikings, having passed out only to see, wait to see the Vikings, you know, breaking apart the building with smoke coming out of it, he thinks a- Brendan and Aiden are dead. And that he, you know, has lost everything. He manages to get the last page. Um, he, he had actually been holding on to the last page and he kind of just looks at it later on in the film. Like, this is my deepest regret. Uh, obviously they didn't die though, they managed to escape. They ran to the woods. The Vikings find them, but a group of wolves, uh, controlled by Ainsling attacks them. The Vikings, uh, take the book cover off because it's all embroiled in gold and scatter the pages everywhere though. Uh, there's this opening line where Brother Aiden was like, it's not the cover that matters, it's what's inside. Uh, and so, obviously, the Vikings take the you know the message is supposed to be the Vikings in their greed take the thing that is most obviously valuable. Whereas to the monks, it really the pages that they scattered all over the ground were far more important. So after they are uh, saved by the wolves, the two of them start picking them up, and Aiden just sees one last page blowing away, so he goes to grab it, only to run into Ainsley in her wolf form, uh, and she just glances at him and goes. Still a bit salty about what happened with Krom, but glad he's okay. Uh, the two of them part ways. Ainsley and uh, Brendan head off into the forest to finish the book, create a small cabin and work. Meanwhile, the monks, uh, what's left of them, only one of the main monks actually survived. The others were killed in the, in the uh, monastery because they weren't in the ta- protected tower. Uh, but the... It, the uncle manages to survive the head, the abbot. And he's, you know, he's like, I just want to die. I've lost everything. I've lost my old friend, uh, who told, who told me this wouldn't be enough. I lost my enough for you, the last family I had in this world. So many people died because of, I wasn't prepared enough. And eventually his, you know, the only surviving main monk, this really old one tells him to get up. They still need him. The people that are left still need someone to help guide them, so he gets up and begrudgingly goes to his tasks, but it's very clear that any passion he had left, any desire to protect is long since burned out. That it's just an empty husk, like these walls that once sheltered what feeble life he tried to guard against the raging wind. You know, the very metaphorical all-is-lost thing. Meanwhile, Aiden and uh, Brendan go through this montage of the two of them growing older, uh, the old man slowly approaching his death. Brendan learning from him and completing the book. They gather a few followers of like-minded who crouch over them in the night, looking at the precious kernel of knowledge that will guide future generations. Eventually, the old man dies, and Brendan is, and he tells Brent before he dies, though he tells Brendan to take the book and spread it to the people so that everyone may see, so that it can shine its light of knowledge upon them. Uh, and Brendan is going, traveling, you know, across the world, you know, across, across Ireland, taking the book to people, letting them see it, letting them learn from it. And he's eventually guided back to the forest, uh, to Kells. Ainsley, still there, still watching over her forest, uh, notices him, remembers him, and reveals herself, only to run away. She guides him back to the tower, the ruined husk, the walls still broken and burned from the attack many decades ago. Over a decade ago, you know? Um, and 
It's just this, like, sad, empty place where they're still huddled in this big old tower at night. Uh, the other, the two remaining monks still trying to watch over what few people are there. The, the uncle, the abbot, watch, just tries to crowd into bed at night, wondering where it all went wrong, staring at this last page, the unfinished page that the, that Brendan had started on so long ago, and just, like, looking at it, regretting that he didn't listen, that he didn't learn that the walls were never going to keep others out. Uh, and it's just like this beautiful moment when Brendan comes home and his father, weary and old, takes a look at the book that he had months mocked and remembers all those he lost and just cries. And that's where the story ends. It's just, I really like the message of the story. It's that hiding away from the world won't solve your problems. You can't just lock yourself in a dark room and never interact or learn from anyone. You can, but you can, you know, leave something behind. You can't protect yourself. You can't live in a world where nothing bad happens. You have to accept the rest. And that's what the forest was. Brendan wasn't safe in the forest. He was constantly falling out of trees. Or, heck, he faced a literal demon and was almost devoured by it there. But in overcoming those challenges, he learned and grew into a better person. He learned to take risks. He used to be this very, like, sheltered child who constantly was repeating his uncle's mantras of, the outside world's dangerous. I can't go out there. But he learned to accept that danger as a part of life. And he learned from it, and he wanted to pass on what he'd learned to future generations. And that's what the book is supposed to represent. It's supposed to represent the passing of knowledge from old to young. That uh, we should all learn from our mistakes and from our successes and pass that down. We shouldn't just lock ourselves up and um, stay stagnant. That's why uh, Brother Aiden told him to go spread the book to the world. It wasn't meant to sit in a monastery. It was meant to be read. Which is, you know, very interesting. I like again. I very much like that message. Um, all in all, a beautiful movie, very somber at the end, but very like peacefully somber. If that makes sense, I just love it. Definitely a top tier animation right here. So yeah. All in all, I'm looking forward to Song of the Sea. If you guys like these, I might also review Breadwinners, uh, but. Until next time, I will see you. Oh, as for upcoming stuff, I am looking to get another book soon. Uh, there aren't any good new things that are going audible at the moment for me, so I'm going to be grabbing an actual physical copy of The Servant's Mage. Uh, it should be in a day or two, and I'll be reading that. I just got my PS5, so I'll be reviewing Demon's Souls, uh, the PS5 remake. I've also about halfway finished with Pokemon Legends Arceus. I know I'm taking my time on that one. <laughs> Sorry about that. Didn't have a lot of time to myself this weekend. But um, all things going on, we'll have some, you know, a book review soon, a uh, few video game reviews. We're going to have some movie and show reviews. Uh, Legend of Vox Machina is actually a lot of fun, so I can't wait to review that once it's done. You know, Attack on Titans finishing up. So all these things are coming up soon. Look for them in the future. See you guys next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.